Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. I'm here with... Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you? Good, thank you, Nick. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Now, today we're recording the wine down a little later than we normally do. It's yes. just like proper afternoon time to we, have a wine. We've been busy today. We busy, busy, been. busy. And uh, yes, you're right. It's later afternoon. It is. It is. So, Scott, where are we? Uh, people might be able to guess. And yes. What are we drinking? We are in the firehouse again. Again? Looking, looking at the window onto the street. Um, we won't have random people walking by this time. Yes, we with will. Shopping <laughs> trolleys and things. <laughs> Which was interesting from last time, uh, and we are drinking. This is a. This is a, we haven't had this one before. This is um, a part of what they call the Lindsay Collection. It's out of the uh, Barossa, the little winery in uh, Tanunda, uh, in the Barossa region. Um, it's the smallest font I've seen on the back of a wine bottle in a while, and I actually had to focus on it for, for a bit. It's a sign of you getting younger, not isn't it? Uh, yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> and it um, it tells a whole story of everything and anything. Um, but essentially it says it's red and you can drink it now or later. Cool. Cool. So today's a kind of auspicious day. I was up at 2 o'clock this morning. Ah. The Microsoft Build Conference was on. Of course. And it started with Satya Nadella giving an overview of a whole bunch of announcements, which we'll talk about quite a lot of them later. Um, But a couple of them I wanted to cover off is Microsoft seemed to be getting their, their ideas together around a simplified modern what they call the the, um, the um, uh, it's kind of like a blended team of the business citizen developers pro developers all sitting on top of office 365 which now has the power platform so while it looks complex what they've done is found a way to take all of these apps people have got out there running on you know, hundreds of servers and, and SQL databases everywhere and they've gone no no we'll just simplify that you can now run all of that on office 365 so you you're essentially saying that Office 365 is the new operating system. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's now Microsoft 365. Of course. So it yes. is the new operating oh, system. I, okay, yes. And under that is Windows and whatever else, but that's just a little part of it now. Yeah, so under that's Windows, Windows Defender, which does your antivirus. Okay. Office 365 with Exchange for Mail. Yes. Um, SharePoint for document storage and data. Um, and then Teams bringing together everything. And Teams is quite interesting. There was an announcement last night about something called Dataverse for Teams. Oh, yes. And Dataverse has traditionally been something that's horribly expensive and bought by customers that have CRM and Uh, ERP. Yes, yes, yes. And there's a free version which runs in Teams and gives you a two-gig relational database that you can program with Power Apps and Flow and lives all inside Teams. And I'm just getting to look at this stuff at the moment. It's super exciting stuff. That's actually very good because we see a lot of clients that have got data. Yep. Not a lot of data. But enough data that you want to do something with and try a few things out. But some of the tools have been quite expensive. And you can see that they've been really developed for the mass data that large corporations have, like, like, like mining companies with all this massive amount of data to go and analyse. But the same concepts can be applied to smaller organisations who can get some real benefits just out of even basic insights into what they've got there. Yeah, it's, it's actually fascinating. I was having a look at some of the templates they provided. So there's things called the Teams Dataverse... Um, Center of Excellence Kit, which is a really simple name Microsoft came up with. But that gives you a bunch of templates for applications. So if you go, you know, I really need a a ticketing application, you know, like a help desk. 
it's off the shelf and it's free. Or I really need an asset management application. You now don't have to go out and buy those niche applications. Right. Which means if you're looking to buy an application, if it's not integrating things together in Office 365 and giving you functionality that's not there, and I would say if it's not Microsoft 365 certified, which is coming out soon, then Ooh. you should go look at slightly different applications. Something else we need to write our apps to. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm t- totally aware it's something we need to write our apps yes. to, but um, yeah, I'm, I, already, I'm already across it. See, I'm okay. already there. Okay, yeah. I can see that big smile on your face. Oh, some extra work to do. Oh, I love extra work to do. <laughs> um, but then on top of that, we got um, .NET 6 Preview 4 out. That came out um, at about 2 o'clock this morning, and I, we've already released one of our customers' apps on .NET 6 Preview 4 using ahead-of-time compilation because wow. we're on top of everything. Um, and there's a whole bunch of stuff for collaboration. But it, you got me thinking. We were, we've been working with a customer recently that has this really complex internally developed application. And it's kind of, where do we go with it? Do we get something else off the shelf? Do we upgrade its software? Or, or can we find this hybrid approach? And I think Dataverse and the Power Platform really gives us a hybrid approach to go from this legacy 20-year-old database client application Ooh. into something totally modern, but without having to buy anything. Well, well, this is it. And when you look at, say, that particular application, mm-hmm. it, it runs that business like every little corner of that business yeah. operates using. It's actually quite a, a good concept. Uh, it's out of date, yes, but it does run the entire business. And, yeah. you, and you've got to be careful when you look at, oh, we're just going to replace it with this cloud app. That's only maybe 70% of what you're doing now. What yeah. do you do with the other 30%? Yeah, and you've got, to be, you've got to be really careful with that. And I think this all comes down to what we talked about last week in that, how do I avoid complexity? And what's super interesting ah. is on the back end, you're actually getting enterprise-grade complexity, but someone else looks after it. And it's you hidden. don't have to. It's, it's hidden. hidden. We, keep, we keep running into this complexity issue, and this is uh, it's actually quite important because IT in the past, the complexity used to be the way of doing things. Yeah. Because that was some strange feature that was developed for some use case, and, oh, we could use that, and years go by... Your competitors may have a much simplified version of something and you're still stuck on this really specific niche approach to a solution that's tied and integrated into your business and it's stopping you from moving forward. Yeah, and it's normally poorly documented. Well, poorly you mean no documentation. And your staff will then say, but we've always done it that way. And that's the problem. You have always done it that way. And on that basis, (laughs) we should be riding around in horse and carts delivering newspapers, not looking at stuff online on iPads. Carts. Now Carts. that's 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 a little bit forward thinking, Scott. I'm thinking just bareback riding, you know, with a young maiden on the back of the. Anyway, so it's a whole different set of thinking. We bought a company once that had the uh, the Pony Express as the uh, logo. Oh, cool. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so complexity. Let's have a think about complexity in different areas. Now I know you do a lot of work in network, mm. and I know we've had an incident recently where we put in something that simplifies everything. I know, like Teams Voice or something. And the complexity of the network has given them a really poor experience. What are your thoughts on it, that? It is. And it, look, it, it's something where a, a solution like Teams Voice should be able to be implemented on a modern network really easily. Mm-hmm. And it should just work. So a modern network, though, yes. is way simpler it is. than what we're it, doing it, before. It is. And you don't have, for example, any more uh, individual vendor routers, mm-hmm. not necessarily all the same brand or the same make or model, hand-coded to meet certain conditions in the business. 
Um, look, quite a few years ago, we um, we provided managed networks out to organisations, just as a managed MPLS networks. Yep. Um, and a tender came out one day that said, "Do you want to? Um, you know, do you have a solution for this? In which case, apply." Oh, okay. Look, a network tender. We started reading the requirements, and they had handcrafted their traffic down into 18 different categories, allocating like 1% of the network for this, 3.5% for this. Wow. And because someone had the time to hand-tune it perfectly to what they watched was the real requirement of the network. Now, in theory, did you need to do that? No, you probably could have had to have that person doing something a bit more useful in the business, just pay a bit more and have lots of bandwidth and not even have to worry about it. So there's, there's a legacy term, and I, I think this has gone out of favour far faster than everybody expected, MPLS. Ooh, so, yes. so the concept of having your wide area network, in all but for a few use cases, is now totally redundant, right? Well, MPLS, and there's, a, there's an interesting pattern here, um, in Australia... Well, let's, let's do the acronym, though. We come up oh, with these acronyms okay. and then we don't explain what it is. You can do that one because I don't know what it means. It, it <laughs> means two things. Yes. Well, the, the official term is multi-protocol label switching. Yes. MPLS. The real background is that MPLNS were the initials of the surnames of the four people at Cisco that invented it. Oh, okay. All right. One of those. Awesome. It's, it's, yeah. Um, and therefore, multi-protocol label switching became the what we can make out of those four initials. Okay. And, yeah. yeah. So anyway, life goes on. I, I still um, like the fact that Vinton Cerf was one of the guys who invented the internet. Well, <laughs> there you go. Um, Henry Crapper. Henry Thomas Crapper. Thomas Crapper. Thomas Crapper. Allegedly yes. invented the flushing toilet. Yes. 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 Well, I think he did. Oh, I think that could be an urban myth I was reading the other day. Oh, great. I used to have the book of Thomas Crapper, but I think, it's a, I think it could be an urban myth. I can't remember where I read that, though, so oh, I want my trivia point back. My pub trivia. Anyway, okay. So, um, but uh, look, MPLS networks used to be the standard used by organisations to join all their offices together across distances. Um, in in Australia, it's actually well used, but we don't have the same issues that MPLS has other places in the world. Right. So, in the US, MPLS is very expensive. Because it's very expensive, you generally get slower links. Yep. Because you have slower links, you have to really focus on how you use that bandwidth on that link to make sure you're getting the best business value out of it. This is a voice. I'm allocating like yeah, 10% of this bandwidth to voice. I'm allocating 20% to my key business application. I'm allocating 5% to this. And so, so I would say in 2005... 2005... One of our major manufacturing companies in Australia communicated with all of their sites using dial-on-demand modems. I believe that. At 56 kilobits a yeah, second. I, I believe that. It's, they were still around then doing things. Mm. Yeah. Well, the, and look, this is, this is the thing that in, in Australia we've had multiple companies over time roll out national fibre networks. Mm-hmm. Um, and even from the early 2000 dot-com boom, we had the original, I think it was Williams, they actually ran fibre right down the um, east coast and then somewhere across to Perth and then someone else did it and so on. They, they all started going broke and they were eventually sold off in, at a fraction of their actual cost into other companies. Yep. But because of that, we have an abundance of fibre in major traffic areas in the country. Right. Yep. Fibre connectivity here is cheap. But internet connectivity is expensive. Well, that's a little different. It is and it isn't. Okay. Domestic internet is cheap. 
but commercial internet's expensive. That's because commercial internet includes international capacity. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> because we're a long way from everyone, it's expensive. Yes. Even see me, we threw it three. Didn't fix that. Nope. nope. Okay. You think about this in the U.S. If all the websites are mainly in the U.S. and everybody's in the U.S. all those clients no, in the remember, U.S. Remember the guy who bought an inch along every railroad in the U.S. for yes. almost nothing and just laid fiber. Hmm. He owned the land. Well, this, this awesome. is it. You've, you've got the users in the U.S. close to where the websites are in the U.S. Yes. You don't have to go and run cables across the ocean bed yes. for fibre across the ocean bed into other countries. So as far as we are in Australia, domestic internet is actually very cheap. As in, if you're a local user going to a website hosted in, in Australia... It costs almost nothing. It, it's dirt cheap. New Zealand has the same issue. They used to really focus on this. They said domestic traffic is like you know, 20, uh, one twentieth of the cost of international traffic. Right. Um, but it, because of net neutrality, you can't charge a different amount for going to a website well, anywhere in the world, right? We, that net neutrality is an interesting thing in the US, and they've, they've had that, they've not had that, and they've had it, and they've modified it. It's a, it's a mess. It's it's a anything it's that's a mess good for, for the it's a mess for a mess. number of reasons, um, including there's a lot of issues around the person driving it, and they may have had other incentives in yep. mind about doing that. Anyway, um, I guess the concept is um, in the US they had to lay, for these MPLS networks they actually had to lay their own fibre cabling separate to whatever existing network was there. Yep. So because this was done just for this type of network, the cost to implement was very expensive. Mm-hmm. So, naturally, the cost of the network when you build an MPLS network was high. We have in Australia an abundance of fibre, and even more being rolled out all right. over the place. Um, we have a lot of fibre between the capital cities, a lot of capacity. With all of that, it means that you can get a link from, say, Sydney to Melbourne, but not a lot of money. Yep. In the US, if you want to do that, it could easily be 10 times the price. So, because of that, MPLS is seen as a very... Um, functional solution. It's yep. up, it's very strong, it works, uh, you don't get a lot of packet loss or anything like that, but it's expensive. So people started building on solutions like SD-WAN. SD-WAN says, just give me internet and let me sort of simulate what's happening on MPLS across the internet mm-hmm. to prioritise my key applications ahead of others. And SD-WAN started taking off. You bring SD-WAN to Australia. The cost of an internet link here is not that much different, really, to a cost of an MPLS link. What problem is it fixing? Yeah, nothing. Well, it's apart from lower administration, maybe. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of stuff. But it's but, just but, a, but what it's was, another way of doing something. What I was something. saying with it, it used to be you'd have all your sites connected by MPLS. Yes. And then you'd have one site with the internet connection. With VPN in or something yeah. like that. And now yeah. you might as well let every site have an internet connection. That that whole strong well, round the outside, soggy in the middle thing is kind of going yeah. away, right? And well, this is the whole thing of what um, SD-WAN was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, um, SD being software-defined, wide area network. It was trying to say, you don't need all these business, oh, ultimate enterprise-grade core, whatever, mm-hmm. network anymore. You can just put some fancy routers, SD-WAN routers, on the edges of your internet link and let them go and work out where the traffic goes. I would say, though, that that is the, that's the premium taxi. Yep. It's not yet evolved into the whole new paradigm shift of what Uber is. Okay, yeah, so silver service, not... Yeah, not it's, it's yeah. just a better taxi. Cool. And we've spoken to a few clients about this. They've said, hey, we've got all these old MPLS networks, even some that we sold previously many, many years ago. 
we said, we're looking at SG-WAN. I said, that, that's great, but why not just look the entire generational shift ahead? Yep. Go and move to SaaS-based applications and go to them directly. Why do you need all this yeah. connectivity between your branches? Now, Why do you need all this stuff? That's interesting. When you say go to SaaS-based applications, about 10 years ago, I sat with um, one of our non-bank lenders and had a long conversation with their IT team. And they said, Nick, where do you see the future of IT? Now, eventually, you're going to buy all of your applications as SaaS. Yeah. Um, I think some of the stuff I learned overnight is that's actually far closer than we realize. Depending upon how modern your business is. Yes. And for a lot of the smaller businesses, they've been able to go there very quickly because things like zero, oh, our, our accounting needs sense. are simple. Yep. Let's just go there. Uh, so your larger corporations have got global accounting solutions in place, and it's going to take them a while to work out how to do that. It will, but it will come over time. Yep. Um, but this is the thing that you may as well not just try to get the better taxi. Look at the where is the market really heading, and how do I get there, and how do I get there quickly to give me a competitive advantage? Right. So if everything's going to be SaaS, how do you get to SaaS ahead of your competitors? Because then you lose a whole bunch of cost and complexity, yes. and you can then focus on optimizing your business. Yeah. You lose the um, what we call technical debt. Yes. It's um, the, the debt of all these technical decisions that have been made in the past that you have to maintain and keep operating to yep. you know, keep the business running. Cool. But yep. in reality, in these days, they don't actually add any value to you. No. No. In fact, none at all. No. And it's a bit like still having horses and carts for delivering stuff. You've got to feed the horse, you've got to wash it, you've got to put it in its barn somewhere, you've got to, what, you've got like, to back yeah, it up. You've okay. got to... <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, that's the whole thing. Why, why would you need to do that? And someone would say, yeah, I don't need the horse, I, I just need a car. Said, so, no, no, you need a Kindle. You don't need any transportation. Yes. You need the internet aligned with digital transfer. It's a whole paradigm shift into what the future looks like. It is. Is, and that's fantastic. And I think that's where we'll leave the wind down today because I think that's a good place to, to finish cool. us off. So well, there we go. So there we go. Digital transformation. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. And when you're looking at where to go, yep. don't just try to replace what you've got with a better version of what you've got. Have an entirely different think about how this could work. That's a fantastic. Look, watch fantastic for the paradigm message. shift. It is. Excellent. So thank you, Scott. Thank you. We're Luke. again at the Firehouse. If you like what you see, make sure you subscribe. Give us a like and leave a comment if you'd like us Ooh, to discuss comments. something you, you'd like us to chat about. And also, we have an event coming up, don't we? Oh, we do. Do you want to talk about our event? Oh, I was hoping you'd like to talk uh, about the okay. event. Okay, so, so four o'clock. It's uh, just delegation. At the, at the end of financial year, we're having an end of financial year party for you know, customers and non-customers alike. Um, so come and see some of the cool stuff we're doing and have a drink on us. If you go to our website, you should be able to find where to actually sign up for it. And I'm looking at our marketing producer going, we can get to there from the website, can't we? Yes, go to the events page. Brilliant. Thank you, Rick. Excellent. And that was the wind down. Have a fantastic day, everyone. See you. Bye. Bye.